Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Hoff. All right, my friends, here we are. America's home for conservative, not bitter talk. I am the one and only Todd Huff. It is a pleasure to be here. Email, as you know, Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. You can send me your thoughts and questions and all that stuff at that email address. As we continue, I will tell you one of the things we're working on is building our online conservative, not bitter community where there'll be some uh, some other things that are available there. Um, you can have an account for free, uh, community.toddhuffshow.com, and we're working on building that out in the days, weeks, and months to come. So, I want to talk today. You know, I saw something yesterday, I guess, about um, gas prices, right? And I've noticed, and and you've noticed uh, noticed this as well, gas prices, gas prices aside, Anytime there is a an issue where there's a problem, I've noticed that it becomes a contest as to who's to blame. Right now, this is obvious. I mean, this is politics. Politics, really, you know what? If you want to know about politics, like, this just kind of came to me as I was thinking about, <laughs> about this. Study George Costanza on Seinfeld because there's an episode, and I forget which one it is, but he says... Jerry's dating a girl. Jerry thinks she's fantastic. Everyone else thinks this girl is a loser. And Jerry's confused by this. And George, I don't think George had met her at this point in time. And he said, are you looking at her in the most superficial way possible? And Jerry says, yes. Yes, I am. And George says, well, that's what you're supposed to do. And that's how politics is, my friends. It's unfortunate because really beneath all of the... Uh, the smoke and mirrors and all the stuff that's for political consumption is this is a worldview an ideology uh, the the role of government the perspective of a particular party regarding the role of government and that permeates the entire worldview or the the entire political agenda of the party in power and but we're constantly and when i say we i really mean well, I really mean this in the public discourse, uh, in in society, and we don't we try to we go deeper here. We try to actually explain things on here. We try to articulate the whys and explain why certain things are good, explain why certain things are bad, just to articulate that it, it has to be spoken, it has to be understood, it has to be accepted by the American people. The things that are good need to be accepted. The things that are bad need to be rejected. But it's hard to do that when we're constantly in this state of gas prices are high. Who's in the White House? Biden. Biden's fault. Now, is that certainly an explanation? You better believe that it's certainly an explanation. Gas prices were high. This is what I saw posted somewhere. Someone posted gas prices 
from when Bush was in office, probably post 9-11. In fact, I remember the night of 9-11. It was, I think, the evening of 9-11. It could have been the next day. I was in a small, small town, and I was young still. I mean, 9-11, I was 20, I was in my early 20s, maybe 23, something like that. And I didn't really understand a lot, and people were saying, get some gas. And the price on gas, I think some stations ran out of gas uh, on 9-11 because the panic was amongst a lot of people, you know, we're going to go to war in the Middle East. We get all of our oil, effectively, our large percentages of our oil from the Middle East. Let's, you know, it's going to impact the cost, which it did, by the way, the cost of oil and by extension, the cost of the cost of gasoline and what people were paying. But it's so much more complicated than that. So context, as it turns out, matters. Context matters tremendously. And so, for example, if you say, you know, someone, you know, fired a gun and shot another person. I mean, you need more information as to determining what, if, if that scenario is legitimate or illegal, an act of violence. If you find out that the person grabbed the gun, got mad at the neighbor and shot him, that's one scenario. If you find out the person was sleeping in bed, woke up to someone in his house at 2 a.m., someone that uh, posed a threat to the family and they fired a weapon, totally different scenario. Or someone being attacked, right? Grabbing a gun as a last, you know, attempt to protect one's life and um, body from, from really bad damage and injury and potential death, certainly a different story than if someone grabs a gun and proactively goes and murders somebody. So context absolutely matters, 100%. One of the problems in this culture today, in this society, is we don't ever get to talk about context. Now, adults do. Adults do. But if you're in a debate or discussion with someone who refuses to be an adult, then the likelihood that you're going to get to that particular level of discussion is near zero. We do this on here. Context matters. I am on record. You can go back and listen. In fact, you'd be well advised to go back and listen to previous episodes of this program. But I'm on record as saying, look, Joe Biden, while certainly carrying some of the blame for the high oil gas prices, I should say, and high oil prices for that matter, isn't responsible for everything. Um, But he's responsible for some things. Likewise, someone can be in office and other things happen that are good in the economy and the president would get potentially get credit more than likely. If they're a Democrat, will certainly get credit. I think back to, say, Clinton, who had a Republican Congress. And, of course, the ideas that were being implemented back then were ideas that were good for the economy. But there's this... And the, the core of what I want to get to today is, is the context, right? The context of, we're going to specifically look at gasoline prices. Because the, the Democrats are wanting to basically do a lot of things that are only going to make things worse as far as gas prices are concerned. In fact, 
USA Today headline, oil giants reap record profits as war rages in uh, Ukraine. Energy prices soared. Of course, it lists how much their profits were. Interestingly, anytime profits are listed for oil companies, the sum total amount is listed, not the percentage that's listed. Do you know in 2021, just last year, just read this a little bit earlier today, oil profits, big oil, averaged per company 4.7%. 4.7%. I wonder what they were in 2020. I need to look that up. In fact, I think they lost massive amounts of money in 2020. By the way, for those that are against evil oil-making profits, ask yourself this. If oil companies didn't have profits from previous years and previous decades, what would have happened to oil companies in 2020? What would have happened if massive numbers of oil companies had gone bankrupt, had gone out of business because they did not have the wherewithal to withstand the financial stresses placed upon their industry due to the, well, due to the pandemic, but specifically the way government has responded to the pandemic. Pause that thought for a moment. Did you see schools in Rhode Island? Where did I see that? Schools in Rhode Island are now going to be wearing masks yet again that's a thing by just keep an eye on this for those of you have who have kids in school and don't want any part of this again the mask situation for those of you who are just maybe you don't have kids at school at all you just don't want to go through these shenanigans again especially given the scientific research what science has taught us through the pandemic which is these restrictions these draconian restrictions on uh, people's hell are people's freedoms the lockdowns and mask wearing in particular did nothing did nothing scientifically science has spoken on this i know some folks will completely and utterly deny this but the truth of the matter is science has spoken and shown that there was no discernible difference between states that took draconian and drastic measures versus those that kept themselves relatively open and free like Florida. In fact, Florida technically outperformed California and New York uh, pertaining to, the, the, I think, the mortality and uh, the infection rate from COVID-19. Hospitalizations maybe as well. Anyway, that's something to, to keep your, your eye on here as we you know, move into an election year, which... <laughs> Folks, no matter what happened in the 2020 election, no matter what happened, we know we have now a blueprint as to how bureaucrats in state governments arbitrarily and unilaterally extended the rules of voting, completely ignoring the rule of law in their respective states for personal well they, because they said so because they said so and of course as i've said said on here so many times which is absolutely true i dare a fact checker to try to disprove this but every time every time that a that we open up polls for voting we are we we make an election susceptible to fraud now that doesn't mean that it's a massively high percentage it just means the longer the polls are open, the more opportunities 
that people have to do things to cast ballots illegally, whether on an individual basis or, or on a larger basis. So voter fraud all the way up to outright election fraud. That is undeniable. That is just the truth of the matter. And you're probably not allowed to say that on on certain platforms. It's just like saying if you, I mean, gee whiz, if you open a store 24-7, you're more susceptible. You have more potential uh, larger periods of time where you can have people who shoplift from you versus if you're open five minutes a day. I mean, I'm not suggesting that you should only be open five minutes a day to the larger point here. I'm just saying we have to recognize that that is a reality and that is that is a truth. But again, we're not allowed to discuss this. And when you look at the direction and the trajectory of where we're headed with masks and who knows what comes next, well, we know what comes next. We have masks, we have lockdowns, social distancing, and all this stuff. We have concerns about people being able to vote. So what happens? We extend periods of, of voting. And then what are possible consequences from that? You have you give more people, like the people captured in 2,000 mules in that documentary, give them more time to do some of the things that they have been alleged to have done. Just keep keep an eye on that as as we as we move through the the summer and back to the fall uh, because fall is election time and again these folks in power will do anything that they can to maintain that power and authority. They've proven that time and time and time again. But at, let's go back to this this conversation I started today with with gas prices. Gas prices, and this is what I want to get to into the next segment and the remainder of the show. Let's talk less about, at the moment, who to blame, and let's talk about which ideas are at fault. Now, I fully understand that certain people introduce ideas that are to blame, but let's take the blame part out of this. And let's stop worrying about protecting our party. And let's actually determine what the problems are. And then when we see whomever making these problems, whomever um, is out there trying to push a policy that's actually bad for the price of gas or the availability of gas that drives the cost up, that makes it harder to extract from the ground, makes it harder to deliver to consumers, makes it therefore more expensive to do that. Let's identify what those things are. Let's identify who the real profiteers are when it comes to gas in the United States of America. And let's say, let's take names out of this and let's just agree to say when we see anyone doing these sorts of things, the things that are good, they will. these folks will be applauded and commended. When folks do things that are detrimental to the economy, detrimental to our way of life, to our freedoms, whatever, they are roundly uh, criticized and held accountable at the polls. Let's agree to do that, and let's get this idea of... Uh, tribalism out of our out of our heads here i'm a conservative you oftentimes hear me say i am reluctantly a republican and that's how i feel about it i really do now the democrat party and their agenda is so far from truth right now i 
I cannot even fathom putting my head around that. Um, but that doesn't mean that there's Republicans, that all Republicans are doing the right thing. Folks, in this state of Indiana, Indiana has, uh, what are they, in the top 10 of gasoline taxes in the country. You know who's run this? You know, who, you know who's responsible for that? You can, make, you can make the case. You can say, hey, this is necessary. They articulated why they needed to do it, but it's the Republican Party in the state of Indiana. I mean, without any doubt. Now, is that reason to abandon Republicans and <laughs> vote for the Democrat Party who would have done probably the same and much, much worse in so many other areas? No, but it, we also should recognize we also should recognize where the problem comes from and hold these individuals accountable because it creates problems, massive problems, when it comes to inflation and right now just candidly being able to make it financially in this country is getting harder and harder because of policies, not just policies, but because in large part of policies that have been implemented by politicians, we're going to ignore the letters next to their name for the moment and just spend our time identifying the bad ideas and why those are bad. Because I don't want to listen. If you're a Democrat listening to this program, I want you to, to hear what they are without, you know, without attacking a particular party. I want you to learn to recognize the problems because there's a lot. And like I said, sometimes the Republicans make these uh, matters worse as well. They're not without fault. Anyway, quick time out. We'll pick the subject up when we get back. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I am your host, Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. Let's look here at the cost. Now, this goes back. The graphing I'm looking at here, this, by the way, is at the American Petroleum Institute. And I'm telling you, if you want to learn, if you want to truly learn about this, and I know, oh, I know some people are going to fight this. Some people say, no, this is the enemy. These are people that are defending these price gougers, right? The Democrats in Congress want to protect us, they say, against price gouging, which uh, that's a whole other topic. What I mean, try to give an, a, a real objective answer as to what price gouging is and ask yourself, is that really what we want our government engaged in. And you ask yourself, do we want to relive? I was just a wee little boy back in those days, but do we want to relive the 1970s with Jimmy Carter? Gas line, I mean, it was a mess, 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 mess. But if you look at the breakdown of where the where money, what, what, uh, what makes up the 422 in gas? This was per gallon of gas. This was uh, from March, a couple of months ago, March of this year. 12% of that is taxes. 12%. Some people say, well, Todd, federal taxes are 18.4 cents. Well, that's just federal taxes. In fact, there's maps that exist that'll show you what the total tax is um, based on a certain price. Um here it is. Here it is. So let's. This isn't a graphic, but it says um, the federal excise, excise tax is eighteen point four cents a gallon, and state gasoline fees and taxes range from a low of about fifteen cents one five in Alaska to as much as sixty eight cents per gallon in California, and around fifty nine cents per gallon in Illinois and Pennsylvania. On average, 
State taxes and fees average about 39 cents per gallon, and when combined with the federal taxes, average 57 cents per gallon at the pump. This was again when gas was 422, when diesel was 511. These numbers have gone up from those particular, or higher now than what these numbers are here. So 12% taxes, 12% distribution, right? So distribution is, I mean, you have to, you have to get the gas to the pump, right? You have to get uh, the, the, the gas to the pump and there's retail gas stations. That's another thing. Only 1% of gas stations where you would actually pull up to get gas, 1% of those are tied directly to big oil. Most of these are independently owned and operated. In fact, I know I used to work with a pretty, I'm not going to mention the name of the company, a pretty big, actually really big um, company in the space of convenience stores where you can pull in and you can get gas, you can go inside and get a soda, candy bar, whatever, newspaper, whatever, whatever's people buy today at those convenience stores. And my friend told me back then just how little they made at the pump. In fact, she told me that there were instances where they actually lost a little bit of money because gas is to bring people in. The money is made primarily, primarily on some of the other stuff that's sold inside of these, these stores. And so the, again, taxes, distribution and marketing, those are both 12%. That's a quarter, almost a quarter of the gasoline price that you pay at the pump pays for taxes and distribution and marketing. Refining, refining is about 18% for gasoline, which means that's the pro- that's the process by the way of making um, gasoline blends for you know for the pump that goes into your car. There is a higher cost we're heading into the summer months. I don't know when the summer blends become necessary to put into pumps. I don't know if that's happened yet. If we've got a different another couple of weeks, I have no idea. I haven't looked into it at that level. But the summer blends are more expensive. Why are they more expensive? Well, it's because of... Look, I, I'm just trying to explain. Now, some people will think, well, yeah, this of course should be something that we that we do. It should be more expensive, but... It's done under the guise or under the rationale or under the however you want to look at this. Guise, rationale, excuse of protecting the environment. So it's more expensive. And why is it more expensive to refine it? Because of state pressures on refineries, on oil companies to make the fuel um, a different blend so that it is, again not contributing, arguably, to man-made climate change. That's the argument. I'm not saying I agree with that, but that's that's the argument. So that's 18%. 59%, 59, 59% of gasoline prices at the pump back in March when it was 422 a gallon, 59% of it was the cost of crude oil just baked into it. Now, diesel is similar 
Taxes are 11%. Distribution and marketing is 18%, so that's higher. Taxes are slightly lower. Refining is higher, 23%. Crude oil prices make up 49% instead of 59%. But the point is, crude oil prices, um, in fact, if you read some publications, you'll find that the change in the cost of crude oil explains 90%, 90% of the cost of gasoline at the pump. If folks simply have an understanding of how much of an impact the price of crude oil has on the price of gasoline, just understanding that particular part of the equation, gasoline industry experts say that that explains 90%, 9-0. So we're down to 10%. We're down to the final 10%, which the Democrats want to bl- uh, blame on evil. And I'm look, I am not here to defend oil or any industry. I am here to defend free markets. And by the way, in a free market economy, there will be people who abuse the system. William F. Buckley was exactly right. The problem with socialism is socialism. The problem with capitalism are capitalists. Again, I've said this on, this on the program multiple times. The problem is individual people. And no matter how much you legislate, no matter how much you pontificate, no matter how many lofty speeches you give, how many executive orders you issue, how many promises you make to the American people, whatever, whatever, the human heart is not going to change for any of those things. We have, Think about all the laws we have on the books today that people break and are in prison for or jail for today. Right? Simply because something is declared illegal or unacceptable or whatever doesn't go away. The solution, the solution to problems is to have a robust and competitive marketplace. Competition where people, where industries, where companies can compete for your business. That is the downward pressure on prices. That's one of the, one of the strongest ways to drive down to put a pressure downward on price is to have a strong free market. A strong free market where there's competition. One of the ways to drive it up is to put large numbers of, large amounts of tax on it, large amounts of regulation on it, and then blame big oil. Again, profits in 2021, last year were 4.57, something. I think it was 4.57 on average percent. Does that sound like too much for oil companies to profit? Again, if we had another disastrous year like we had in 2020 with COVID and all that, I think we should be thanking God that they had enough profits to weather the storm, to weather the storm. And you just think from their perspective, you think from their perspective, they know, you know, what is demand going to be in five years or two years? You know, do they do they rush out and build further infrastructure to create uh, ways of delivering and meeting demand if that demand's going to peak and go down? I mean, that's not wise from a business perspective. The idea that they're just doing this to, uh, you know, rake the American people over the coals, of course they want to make as much as, as they can. But the idea that they even have ultimate control over that, the competitive pressures, the cost of just what it takes to operate this stuff is baked into this. And then, of course, the taxes, which they have no control over, government profits much, much more than does 
big oil. So I want to talk about this a little bit more. And I want to talk about this through the guise of let's not stop blaming one president or another for being residing over high gas prices. How about we say who is creating an environment that is good for a market and that creates competition, that creates stability, that creates ingenuity, that that doesn't actually create it, but it creates an environment where that stuff can thrive. Who's actually doing that? What does that look like? And is that what's happening today with the radical left at the helm? I think we all know the answer to that. Quick time out, my friends, listen to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. By the way, this concept, the concept that says if you're in a political discussion with somebody over the price of gasoline, you know, no. first of all, no one wants to admit that the party that they support is to blame. So I know, I know that the temptation exists to say it's more important to be right than it is to be, say, persuasive. I understand, I understand that we want people... <laughs> We want people to articulate back to us. I understand a part of that. You know, we want them to say, "Yes, I understand." You know, I wish I would have known that sooner. But that's not how people come to this. Just think about, you know, how how you or how you know. I think about how I've come to accept some some hard truths. It's rarely because someone came at me both guns metaphorically, of course, left us ablazing, and tried to get me um, just to submit to their intellect and attitude that's not the the way to do this and we these are some of the sorts of things that we go into more detail with with in our conservative not bitter university but the idea is the idea is so let's isolate the idea the idea is let's isolate the problem i should say the issue and say look let's think about if you're forget about it being gas for a moment let's say that you're selling you're a kid and you have a lemonade stand and you're trying to get the lemonade stand set up at the end of the road. And let's say that your town has a requirement that you have a $25 permit for a lemonade stand. That's a barrier to you starting a lemonade stand. A lot of kids may not have $25. Maybe they just want to put a, you know, buy a, spend a few bucks on ice and cups and lemonade mix and get after it. But they got to spend 25 bucks. And let's say on top of that, on top of that, let's just envision, um, you know, there there is there are physical barriers between where you have to, you know, you have a table to take out to the road, and let's say that, um, you know, let, let's say that there's obstacles in the yard. It's going to be more difficult to get the table out there, right? The more obstacles there are, the harder it is, which means the more expensive it is to get to get set up. And these obstacles in the yard, of course, can be somewhat synonymous for obstacles that sometimes are placed between businesses. In the case of our example today, gasoline, the the gasoline business, right? Big oil and uh, local stations and all that. The process of getting it to the pump, you know, if there are, if there's a lot, if, if fuel is expensive for the trucks that haul, the fuel to the pumps, that's going to make it more expensive. If it's high because of taxes, that's going to make it more expensive. If an industry is highly regulated, that's going to make it take longer and be more expensive. These are all things that are true. 
I think we have to wrap our heads around that. And look, there's a discussion. Again, there's an adult discussion to have in here that says, of course, maybe there should be some degree of regulation. I'm not saying there should be no taxes. That's not my argument. But my argument is if the average... um, if the average state with gasoline taxes, local and federal, totals 57 cents a gallon, I'm doing some quick math here, 57 cents a gallon on a $4.22 uh, gallon of gasoline, that's 13.5% um, tax, effective tax rate. Corporations, big oil profited for. 4 point something percent, 4.7, 4.5, something like that. So taxes are three times as high as profits, and we're supposed to believe that the problem here is big oil? Maybe, maybe I'm open to that. But I also know that numbers don't lie. Remember, too, remember, too, that there's a whole lot of other soft costs that governments put into a gallon of gasoline, too. With refining standards, for example, we talked briefly about that. So don't tell me that someone who's responsible with walking away with three times, three times the the profit, if you will, of big oil, um, is not to blame here. If if government can make 12, 13, 14% in taxes, then why, why can't corporations make 4%? Four and a half percent, four point seven percent in profits. They're the ones that are making the investment. They're the ones that are taking the risk. They're the ones, and and again, look at all the what they're dealing with with the government, getting leases, exploration, wondering about upcoming cafe standards. So again, ask yourself: take political parties, take names of people you feel really strongly about one way or the other out of the equation, and ask yourself who, which. Which policies are being pushed right now? I'm going to play a soundbite from Biden that he made yesterday at one of his speeches. Um, And I want you to listen to what he says. I mean, I think it's pretty damning. I think an objective person would find this quite damning for the president of the United States to say, especially when the president of the United States doesn't want want to take any accountability. Yes, there are other factors that make gasoline more expensive, but... There, there are plenty, plenty of factors that the government has put in place that makes gasoline more expensive. And my friends, I'm telling you, the culprit is in the state house. The culprit is in the nation's capital and in the bureaucratic places of government all around this country. These are the folks primarily to blame, all because, all because they think they know better than the rest of us. They're smarter. They're better equipped. They got all the answers, but the the problem is all they do is create more havoc and turmoil for the rest of us who are trying to live our lives and mind our own business. Quick time out. I'm going to play this Biden soundbite when we get back. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. I told you that I would play this soundbite from Biden, and I'm going to do that here, God willing. It's a really short soundbite. Biden is talking about gasoline prices. I mean, anytime Biden takes to the podium, buckle up, because, of course, we don't know what the guy's going to say or do. But 
He's at the podium talking about gasoline prices, and he's talking specifically, well, really, and I guess you could say he let the cat out of the bag here. Listen to what he says. When it comes to the gas prices, uh, we're going through an incredible transition that is taking place that, God willing, when it's over, we'll be stronger and the world will be stronger and less relying on fossil fuels Mm. when this is over. Less relying on fossil fuels when it's over. So here's the question, right? If during the campaign, if they tell us, they, the government, or in this case, a particular candidate, which, again, I'm not going to name any today. You can tell me who said this. But if people are campaigning on things like getting rid of American dependence on oil, and then, as I just laid out ever so brilliantly last segment, all of the 20 factors, or whatever it is, the, the multiple factors that government uh, the the inputs the the actions that government takes that drive up the cost of fuel and the result is what the candidate and the party and the politicians wanted then it at least begs the question of whether or not this is this is intentional and in one respect i guess you could say the results the same but in another respect it seems to be much worse it does to me anyway to think that a government would do this intentionally to its people, hard times, right? But you start thinking, again, if these people are as hell-bent on remaking this government into something that's not what it was founded to be, then it, it begins to at least make sense. It's at least something worth exploring in the realm of at least possibilities. So, it's pretty damning in my estimation. And it's just, why don't more people see this why aren't more people aware of the government's role in this they'll believe that big business is to blame and i'm not here to universally defend big business i'm here to defend free markets i'm here to defend our constitutional republic but i'm not here to defend people who abuse the system people who create scenarios that create Massive burdens on the American people, on the American taxpayer, and then act like it's someone else's fault. From my vantage point, that's exactly what's happening, my friends. Sit tight. Back here in just a minute. All right, my friends. So, again, I think we would accomplish so much more in our discourse if we could take and look. We have to, at some point, be able to communicate where the problems are. But I also think that some people are reluctant to think, like I said off the top, they think Republican Party, when they're in charge, gas prices go up, let's blame Trump or let's blame Bush or whatever. And maybe they need blamed. I'm not here again. That's certainly a possibility. But context matters. Context matters and... I think we have to realize how people hear it. And if they think of these people as saviors to the world, they're not going to accept anything that's said about them that's bad. I think we can still get to the truth without that obstacle. i got to go. SDG. See you tomorrow. Take care.